Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and saving trees. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, we discuss the tech headlines of the past few days, and I have a hopefully helpful hint about getting the most out of your digital notes program. Nice. But first, uh, uh, some news. News, news. Wait, hold on a second. Yes? I gotta say something. You gotta say something. Because I'm a gamer. You are. I've gamed... For many decades now. You have fragged many I have fragged. Enemy. And, and I'm glad you mentioned fragging. Mm-hmm. Because I personally have played some of the most violent video games in the history of video games. For hours, days, nay, weeks even consecutively. And I've never, ever had the urge to repeat that activity in real life. IRL. Never, never. Never, really? Because, because you have the tension release from the simulation of the game and don't feel the need to go exactly. out into the world to do any of that? Exactly. So my rage cake gets frosted, mm-hmm. you know. Double frosted. Double under. frosted. Serious. Chocolate and vanilla. Oh, yes. When people lay this nonsense about video games, violent video games, being the reason people go on these shooting sprees. I'm not buying it. I, I think the fact that the, a large part of the the world yes. also plays video yeah. games and does not have this problem no. kind of no. rebuts that theory. Yeah, it kind of just sort of like blows it right out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> <Frags> that <laughs> yes. <laughs> Headshot, right? Yeah. No, it doesn't happen, folks. Mm-hmm. So please, stop it. Yes. Just stop it. Right there. Stop it. Yes. Period. End of story. By the way, I watched The Boys. I don't know if you saw The Boys. Uh, uh, I, not, it's not your kind of show. Yeah, yeah. D- did not see The Boys. Yeah. But but what did you... Uh, it's have... insane. Okay. It's insane. Just like Preacher, insane. Mm-hmm. Just like Future Man, insane. Seth Rogen has sort of, kind of, actor Seth Rogen yes. from, you know, the, the you know him. We, we, we know him. and love him since Freaks and Geeks. Since Freaks and Geeks. Great show, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Fantastic. I did show. think he was phoning it in on Sausage Party, though. Yes, I think so. But you know what? That that movie was popular. It was. Oddly enough. But he has cornered the market on these comic book adaptations. Yeah. These extreme comic book adaptations. In this case, Garth Ennis, who is like sort of anti, you know, like superhero-ish. Yeah. It's insane. It's over the top. It's craziness. But it's a lot of fun. So I sincerely enjoyed the boys, and it's very different from the comic books. Uh-huh. I mean, the comic books are even more over the top, if you can believe it. If you've only watched a TV show, yeah. if you read the comic, it's insane. But this is a a good, perhaps light summer fair. Uh, it sort is of thing. light summer fair, but you know what? You gotta expect explody bits. You gotta mm-hmm. expect blood. You gotta expect all sorts all sorts of craziness because yeah. you know, peak TV apparently is no holds barred anymore. You know, you got to keep hitting your peak. You yes, know? yes, you sure do. You sure do. But I really, I have really enjoyed it very, very much. Yes. And I'm watching American Gods now, season two. So. Oh, yes. And anything, anything with the Neil. Anything with the Neil. 
Yes. All right. So so you're catching up on your entertainment. Um, circling back, though, you know, the violent video games yes. theory came back into uh, yes, popular yes, discussion after uh, those horrific uh, and tragic shootings mm-hmm. in both El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio. Yes. Um, we're not going to dwell on it too much no. because we're not a politics. Uh, we are not. But we are um, a tech podcast. And, and we're humans. Yes. And we are humans. We exhibit humanity. Yes. And we uh, send our condolences to everyone Absolutely. affected by that horrible, horrible event. In Dayton, yes. Ohio. Dayton, yes. Uh, yes. Home of Wright-Patterson Air Force right. Base, I believe. Um, but a network provider, Cloudflare, uh, has booted the alt-right hate site 8chan off its network after wow. the company became aware uh, that the mass murder, at least in last weekend's El Paso shooting, had apparently posted an anti-immigrant screed on the board there. Uh, I guess this has happened uh, yeah. more than once mm-hmm. with that. Um, and a uh, post on the company blog said Cloudflare's mission is to help build a better internet at some level Firing 8chan as a customer was easy. They're uniquely lawless, and that lawlessness has contributed to multiple horrific tragedies. Enough is enough. So they are are laying down, you know, a lot of Mm -hmm. the the libertarian ethos of the Internet says, oh, you know, we don't want to police people. Everyone should have free speech. But Cloudflare is is standing up here. Yeah. Uh, The post went on saying, uh, what's hard is defining the policy that we can enforce transparently and consistently going forward we and other technology companies like us that enable great parts of the Internet have an obligation to help propose solutions to deal with the parts we're not proud of. Yep. That's our obligation, and we're committed to it. So there's a very long post. We'll, we'll have a link to it on our show page. But they're starting to stand up. You know, I don't know who else is out there. I know Twitter has made moves that they're mm-hmm. going to start. Yeah, and I think they're censoring a little bit, not a whole lot, not though. A whole lot. No. Because Twitter, as we have pointed out for several years now, is a toxic cesspool. Yes, it is. This, I don't think, will uh, go away very quietly at all. No, no. And that's um, another thing. A lot of these yohos are also blaming social media. Yeah. For the, I mean, folks, no. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. Let's, let's look and at the And you know what? I am kind of I am kind of conflicted about this whole thing with Cloudfair dropping them. But, you know, it's like, where do you draw the line yeah. for stuff like this? When you start doing body counts yeah you know it's like come on folks you just really you're not human anymore you've just crossed well even the guy whatever. who started 8chan who yeah, isn't with us anymore is, is like say shut it down yeah so. exactly shut it down yeah so um so anyway we, we will edge away from politics now yes, we um absolutely. we do not like to insert ourselves into that uh nope. process but not again humans humans um but let's uh, move on. Now, uh, many industry watchers, including us, have complained that Apple isn't innovating as much anymore. That's uh, right. And uh, But there are reports now that the company spent $4.2 billion, with a B, dollars on research and development in the second financial quarter this year. Wow. Uh, which, according to its earnings statements, is apparently the highest quarterly amount it has ever spent on research and development. Maybe they're getting back into the groove, you know, when Steve Jobs is around and they were thinking mm. up. Groovy new things like iPods uh, way back in the day. New um, iPad coming at you. Yes. <laughs> you can, it's an octagonal. It's yes. an octagon pad. Yes, and it's got face ID and rose gold, um, <laughs> which doesn't even make any sense. Champagne. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so hopefully they're doing some R&D beyond fancy new metallic colors. Um, and they are on, on pace, actually, Apple. To spend uh, more than $16 billion on research and development in 2019, so that 4.2 was just for the second quarter. Yeah. 
but they're they're opening it up here and and they they file patents all the time and patently apple mm-hmm. follows them and they're doing some things we've talked about the potential touch id that's in the middle of the screen uh, where you just put your thumb anywhere and and some other things hey how about those uh monitor brackets how are they flying off the shelves oh, for the, the thousand dollar uh, yeah. monitor yeah they're designing any new ones of those well, you know, each one of those brackets is, you know, 500. You know, nice. We kid, we kid. We kid. Um, but anyway, Apple's back in, you know, doing some more R&D. Apparently their uh, R&D bill, though, is about 7.9% of its total revenue, um, which is the highest since 2003 right. when they were in the height of, of the iPod and yep. probably developing the iPad and the iPhone mm-hmm. back then. But in comparison for the same quarter, Microsoft spent 13.4% of its revenue in R&D and Google spent 15.7%. So wow. Apple's still kind of lower than a lot of uh, these companies that seem to really just be going all out on it. They treaded water for a while. Yeah. Hard to get back, you know, back indeed. in the pool, I guess. Yes, um, also in Apple News, the company says it's suspending that manual review of Siri queries that was causing such a privacy <laughs> really? flap the past few nice. weeks. That's nice. Yes, we talked about that on our previous show. Yes, we did. Uh, Google has similarly reeled in its own audio review program for the Google Assistant and Amazon has also added a new policy and a settings option that allows customers to remove their recordings from a pool that could be analyzed by Amazon employees and contract workers. That's nice of them. So, so for your Alexa, are you going to turn that off? Do you, yeah. Do you oh, yeah. not want them to Absolutely. potentially listen? No, you know listen? what? I'm going to leave it on because it's, uh, it's usually boom, boom, just uh, yelling obscenities. So, okay. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> this one's for you, Yeah, Amazon. that's right. There you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah. Parse that one, pal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But uh, but also uh, speaking of Google, we have a uh, good Google and bad Google this week. Uh, on the good Google side of the fence, the company announced new hardware sustainability commitments for its products, trying to help uh, the earth here. Google pledges that by 2020, 100% of all shipments going to or from its customers will be carbon neutral. Okay. So that's, that's something that's nice. there. Two years from that, now starting in 2022, 100% of the made-by-Google, air quotes, products Mm -hmm. will include recycled materials with a drive to maximize recycled content wherever possible. So they're attempting to save the earth here, Mm -hmm. or at least slow its pace of destruction down. Not like McDonald's? Uh, not like McDonald's, yes. Where no. they, uh, their, their paper straws <laughs> yes. are not recyclable, but yeah. their plastic ones were? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the kinda, the, 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 how do you do yeah, that? How do you do that? That yeah. is just a royal... Yeah. Someone was not paying attention in chemistry yeah. class. Okay. Um, <laughs> but in the bad Google territory, um, a female employee put out a memo alleging discrimination against pregnant women at the company, and Ooh. that particular memo went viral. Now, as the motherboard unit of the Vice uh, site explains, the memo was titled, I'm not returning to Google after maternity leave, and here is why. Uh-oh. So I, I guess you don't have any questions about what this memo is yep, about. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward there. Yes, um, but it was read by more than 10,000 Google employees. It was a 2,300-word memo, and the writer says that her manager made discriminatory remarks about pregnant women, which she then reported to HR, and I believe this was a female manager as well. But reporting the remarks to HR brought uh, alleged retaliation. Mm. Now, as these things do, the original memo was posted in one place, specifically on an internal company message board for new and expectant mothers, you know, to talk about mom stuff. Right. But uh, once it kind of got there, uh, it got reposted to another message board. It and then got another ganked. message board. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um, it, it kind of went around uh, at viral speed there. Employees have been posting memes made in support of the woman on an internal message board called MemeGen. And a uh, former Googler told Motherboard, this is alarming. 
And sadly, not surprising, it fits a long-standing pattern at the company. Google has a culture of retaliation that is reflected in its abysmal diversity numbers, not mincing words there. The Googler goes on to say the pipeline isn't the problem. The racist, misogynistic culture that penalizes those who speak up is. Oh! So, bam! Body blow! Um, and we, as we... Headshot! <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, as we talked, you know, a few months ago, the, the walkout, the... the some of the women who helped organize the Google yeah. walkout last yeah. November say that they had gotten a retaliatory yes. acts made against sure them uh, yes. by management. So, Absolutely. so yeah, we'll, we'll continue uh, to watch that one. Um, but uh, now, if you want to get one of those new Apple credit cards, uh, the, I think they just, as of this week, Goldman Sachs is letting uh, special preview versions of it go mm. out, and people are starting to sample this this Apple card as it's called i'm gonna wait online at the uh, apple store for yeah to, to get your credit cards yeah, yeah. and so then you can I got a get, tent then you can already. use it to, to buy mm-hmm. apple stuff yes yeah. yeah i'm all i'm all set yeah i think that's their plan all along but yeah. if, if you wanted to get one of these fancy apple card credit cards yeah. uh you have to have an unhacked iphone so if you okay. have jailbroken or done anything naughty or unauthorized to mm-hmm, your phone mm-hmm. Perhaps you may not be able to use this card. The Mac Rumors site and a few other Apple blogs uh, found the Goldman Sachs customer agreement online ahead of the card launch. And they went uh, on to report that to get an Apple card, you have to apply and be approved for it on your own iPhone. And you can't have additional card holders. So it's just you and your phone applying for this. The Goldman Sachs fine print also goes on to state that, quote, if you make unauthorized modifications to your eligible device such as by disabling hardware or software controls, for example, through a process sometimes referred to as jailbreaking, <laughs> your eligible device may no longer be eligible to access or manage your account. You acknowledge that use of a modified eligible device in connection with your account is expressly prohibited, constitutes a violation of this agreement, and could result in our denying or limiting your access to or closing your account, as well as any other remedies available to us under this agreement, end quote. Wow. So that they uh, no no jailbreak phones there. Are they worried about security? I imagine. I imagine it's probably part of that because yeah. jailbreak phones do have more of a potential yeah, they, for that. More of a potential, correct. And it could have been something that Apple said when they were setting this up that you have to have a a pure iPhone that that uh, has not been modified in any way. Unsullied. So. Yes, unsullied. So um, yes, your eligible device. Mm-hmm. That would be a good name for a band. I, that's a great name. We're eligible device. <laughs> Rockin' South Croydon! Taking the main stage! Yeah. <laughs> ah, I'm not going to apply for this thing, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't need any credit cards either, yeah, so, no. so, um, th- there you go. But for people who, who were, who, if you have a jailbreak iPhone. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I did use Apple Pay. I am using Apple really? Pay. Really? Okay, for, I am. for the subway? Cause you for, can use no, it not the for the subway, just in general. Like, really? It's like, I just wave it around there and... It's very handy. It is you... very handy. I'm, you know, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm diving in. What is yeah. it? Ten years later, I'm diving in. Yeah, it's very. And and once they get the rest of the subway outfit, I use it on the. There's one line in the New York City subway that yeah, has yeah, the yeah. Omni card thing. The, uh, the Lexington Avenue. Yeah, Lexington Avenue line. You just tap. You know, you have your, your credit card ready to go. You thumb on the, yeah. the Touch ID or however you authenticate. Tap it on the turnstile and you go right through. There's none of this. I'm swiping the Metro card. I'm swiping mm-hmm. the Metro card. It's taking all the money off my yep. thing, but I'm not going through. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that. So. I'm, I'm, uh, you know what? I've probably been hacked like five or six times already. My information's flying around out there. Yeah. So, you know, what the hell? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, I'm giving they, up. They say technically it. it's safer because it's a single transaction, you know, on the hard chip on your phone. And that's what they say, JD. That's what they say. I know. I shouldn't that's believe everything say. I read. Yes. But moving on. Moving on. A new survey from ZDNet uh, shows that about half of all extensions written for the Google Chrome browser 
have fewer than 16 actual installs. Um, and so in case you were wondering just how many extensions are in the uh, Chrome Web Store, 188,620. And so wow. half of those in that, that huge batch only have about 16 installs, which is not very good. And no. then they, they sort of go through and they look, and only about 13 Chrome extensions actually have more than 10 million users. So tons and tons of extensions that nobody's using but there's 13 that people really like, and those 13 include Google Translate, Avast Online Security. That makes sense. Adblock Plus. Again, makes sense. Adblock. Okay. Separate thing. Separate different thing. one. Yeah. Ublock Origin. <laughs> Ublock, I block, we all block. <laughs> yes, we all block. Uh, the Pinterest Save button. Okay. Cisco WebEx. Yeah. Grammarly for Chrome. Okay. Skype. A vast safe price, okay, which I guess is a one of the shopping things, and Honey, which is also another shopping extension, hmm. which has gotten some flack because if you look at the user agreement for Honey, where basically it just looks around the web and if it finds something that's lower price, it tells you. Right. Part of its user agreement says it gets to look at all your browsing oh, activity. Oh, nice. And so people who are very concerned about browser security don't like this Honey extension. Uh, I'm, I am i don't like it. I've never heard of it, but now I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, so some people like it because they do save money, but you're exposing a lot of your browsing data to Dan, what is unknown your personal, parties. Yeah, what's your personal information worth to you? Yeah. It, I, That's the thing. Yeah. So no Honey for you. No <laughs> No honey for me. Yes. So all those extensions. I got to be honest. I'm still kind of creeped out by extensions. I don't. I really don't like adding things to my browser. Well, a it makes it more unstable. Yes. And b a lot of the things that started out as extensions that were really great back yeah. in the day, like you know the reader extension that stripped it all. They the get absorbed, stuff. right? Yeah, they're now part of the actual browser, right. so it kind of minimizes the use to add extra stuff on top of it. One hundred eighty-six thousand. Or 180,000 plus. Yeah. That is massive. Yeah, and wow. and I'm sure there's probably a few that aren't, aren't quite legitimate. Oh, yeah. I'm yes. betting there are a lot of them. So browser extensions may be kind of fading a little bit in yeah. the sunset. I'm mm. also slowing down a bit. Streaming media players. The Parks Associates research firm showed that 39% of U.S. broadband-equipped homes have a streaming media player box or stick, you know, the, mm -hmm. the stick alternative. But that's just an uptick of 1% from the amount of people that were using it in 2018. Comscore, another research firm, they say that 49% of Wi-Fi households have a streaming player according to their numbers. But that's also only 1% up from their own 2018 figures. So. And you want to know why? Because everyone's going back to the cable box. Mm -hmm. Just like I said. Just like you said. Uh -huh. But uh, leading the pack, though, in the, the streaming box products, so Roku and Amazon Prime Video are, are the two hot mm -hmm. ones. Roku's leading the pack with 39% to the Fire TV, you know, which is the one that, that you can do Amazon Prime Video on very easily. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep. Uh, Amazon uh, Fire TV thing has 30%. Uh, Roku's got 39%. Apple TV and Chromecast are way back in third and fourth place, respectively. Um, but they are, they're saying that the reason that Roku has kind of uh, stood out mm -hmm. is because a lot of the smart TVs have it already built into the platform. So. Ah. Okay, that makes sense. So Roku makes it easier, but I believe the Fire products and the Amazon Prime Video options are growing faster currently. They just haven't caught up. And that's interesting. I got to admit, I have both a Fire TV box yeah. and I have an older Apple TV. 
And I pr- much prefer the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Way more. Is it more. just the interface? The, the interface, choices? It, choices, it's so much more fluid. It's n- the, the layout is, is better. I mean, you know, it's Apple. Apple does the whole GUI stuff. Yeah, it works stuff. with your iTunes library. It does. It does. I mean, you know, not that that really was a big deal because, you know me, I, I had some, all yeah, sorts you- of wacky stuff going on. But I really enjoy the Apple TV experience more than the, than the Amazon Fire TV. In fact, I don't use the Amazon Fire TV. Mm-hmm. I'll put it on eBay, folks. Yeah. There's a Fuego for sale. Yes, indeed. Fuego for sale. Fuego on a stick. Um, Also, uh, maybe kind of on their way out, QR codes, at least in China. um, Facial recognition technology is becoming more popular for mobile payments there. I know facial recognition technology in China is becoming popular everywhere, especially for government identification. Uh But as the South China Morning Post reports, uh, in different cities around China, merchants from supermarkets to bakeries have adopted facial recognition uh, fueled payments uh, as the way to make the payments process as frictionless as possible. Mm. Um, they're saying that the face recognition technology is more convenient uh, than, you know, pointing your phone at a, the code and trying to get it to read. Um, and it could also bring in um, users who aren't as tech savvy or who even have, you know, problems reading, writing, that sort of thing. Because it's, it's your face. You're paying with your face. Yeah. You know what? I don't want to pay with my face. Really? You, I don't want to pay you, with Well, my we've face. just gotten you to pay with your thumb. Yes. So how can we move I your mean, face? Come on. I get... They're just building up a massive database, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they're getting people who wouldn't. Oh. Yeah. All right. I got to calm down. Calm down. All right. I got to go into my happy place. Happy place. Happy place. All okay. right. Because, you know, well, we're going to talk about health data next. Uh, okay. And, and now, uh, right. well, as you know, smartphones have been recording all kinds of health data for years, from measuring steps to fertility cycles to your <laughs> sleep time. Yes. But many diabetes patients are now using a smartphone apps to check blood sugar, which I didn't know. I, I had a grandfather who was severely diabetic back in the day. Yeah. Um, not around anymore to partake of this, but it sort of made me sort of aware of, of right. the treatments that are out there. But to do so, uh, the diabetic person wears an electronic skin sensor patch that automatically tests the glucose or the blood sugar level uh, and then sends data to a smartphone app. Sometimes if they really tricked out, They've got a, a wireless insulin pump uh, in the mix, too. And so when the patch senses that the glucose level is getting too low, then Gives the, you insu- yeah, the, the insulin pump goes ahead and delivers that next dose. But uh, however, as with everything, there are cybersecurity risks. I believe we may have talked about this a few months ago on the show. But the U.S. Food and uh, Drug Administration recently warned that certain models of the Medtronic insulin pumps uh, could allow hackers to access and change settings, uh, which could cause oh, the patient Jesus. harm. So. If you are using a, a smartphone app for your diabetic needs, yeah. um, just uh, and if you have a, a Medtronic insulin pump, just make sure you have the latest model. I think they did some recalls or some updates to patch that security problem. But again, Internet of Things, lousy cybersecurity. This ten, is your health we're talking about. Ten years ago, could you imagine having a conversation about your insulin pump getting yeah, hacked? Well, yeah, it's like pacemakers too. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, it's scary. Wow. Yes. But and finally, and finally, and you might like this one because okay. you know it's it's exciting. A French inventor has made the first ever successful crossing over the English Channel on a jet-powered hoverboard. Get out of here! That's he awesome. Frankie Zapata took off from a place near Calais on the French side at six seventeen on Sunday and landed in Saint Margaret's Bay in Dover, making the twenty-two mile journey in twenty-two minutes. Just boom, <laughs> wow, right over the channel, a mile a minute. Yes, uh, this was his second attempt to make the crossing. There's video of it, too, so uh, we'll have a link to and the his story. his Frankie? Frankie, yes. He's like, it sounds like he's from Brooklyn. Yeah, Frankie on Frank, his hoverboard. Yo, Frankie on your hoverboard. Yeah, so he 
He uh, just whipped over the channel. I guess this was his at least second attempt, though, because he tried it earlier in late July. Yeah. And had some kind of refueling problem and, and didn't quite make it. Don't but, we all? Yeah. You know, crossing the English Channel, uh, psh, we run out of fuel. Psh. But I have seen the video, and it's great uh, just to see him kind of like up there over the water. And his hoverboard uh, was powered by a kerosene-filled backpack. And uh, my first thought, because you know, it's like the French all smoke, don't wow, they? Wow, <laughs> yeah. not really want to be yes. smoking with your kerosene uh, backpack. But but he made it safely. I'm sure he he was not. Frankie didn't have a Galois while he <laughs> yeah, was Yeah, he, he did there. not have one, you know, yeah, hanging okay. Yeah, no, he, um, but he made it safely. And and the whole, just the fact that there's a hoverboard jetpack thing oh, you can do now. That's so great. Even, I don't know if you use a city mapper app, but they... And I've talked about it before. It's like really one of the best navigation apps uh, for New York City. Agreed, yeah. Because it shows you every single way you can get to where you're going. And they have whimsically started to put in like the jetpack option. And if you scroll down and says, oh, by jetpack to get across the Hudson, it would take you six minutes. We still think there might be traffic, though. And they've done this as a joke. But now that we've got the hoverboards going over the English Channel. Now it's real. Yeah. A matter of time. Yes. Oh, I want a jetpack now. You know, it could just make the whole, you know, five borough oh. navigation thing just much Get, easier. Getting home would be just a breeze. I know. You know, you don't deal with the MTA. Oh. It'd be a beautiful thing. Make it happen. Right. Yeah. Well, well, that's about all we have in the news, uh, Sammy, right. though. For anyone out there who would like to know more on all the things we talked about, you can find it at pontickjam.com. Up next, uh, notes on notes. Hey, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie, you scorched my lawn. So you take notes on things, don't you? I do. You, you got to admit, the, the little notes app on the smartphone has really become quite handy. Uh, <laughs> That's how just, I do most of my podcast notes. You know, you, you just go in there and they've come a long way. Remember back, like even going back to the earliest desktop systems, like even mm-hmm. in DOS, I think there was like a notepad app. Yes, just something was. you didn't want to fire up a full word processing program. You just Correct. needed a little space to jot down a few things, That's reminders. It. We've been taking notes for centuries. Things have gotten more streamlined since the smartphones. And even when you link it all together online, it's gotten even handier because you can take a note on your phone, see it on your desktop, see it on your tablet. If you were all linked into the same cloud account, whether it be the Apple iCloud, the Microsoft OneDrive, Mm -hmm. the Google Drive and all the various sundry parts of Google uh, Keep. Yes. You just have your notes wherever you're yeah, at. Right. So the, the day of like losing your notepads, you know, is, is, is not as harsh as it used to be. But uh, if you are new to digital note taking mm-hmm. or you just you've seen this app on your phone, and you're like, yeah, I don't yeah, use it. Yeah. it can do a lot more now than just take the simple jottings. So let's uh, talk about Google Keep and Apple Notes because you're probably either using an Android or an iPhone if you've got yes. a smartphone. That's right. Google Keep is available for both Android and iOS. Apple Notes just for for iOS because yeah. uh, Apple is that way. Proprietary. Yes, but um, if you haven't fired it up, uh, go ahead and do that because Google Keep and uh, Apple Notes can both do so much more now. You know what? I'm going to do that right now yeah, since you, you asked so nicely. Yeah, because you can add uh, images. It's like say you're doing a remodel of your house. You want to get some like sample wallpaper or some, some appliances you're thinking about putting in your kitchen. You can just drag those into your notes app wherever you're at and just have go. them as a... A visual reminder of what you're doing. Most apps have text search functions, so if you've typed up a bunch of notes and you can't remember where they're at, yeah. so for some keywords. There you go. 
The Apple Notes app is uh, especially good if you, because they've added like drawing, you have the markup thing, and so you yep. can do sketches in there now. Very uh, handy absolutely. to have. Google Keep uh, uses, because um, Google never really has folders. They, no. They're more into labels yes. and that sort of thing. So they've taken their label ethos over from Gmail to Notes, and so you can have labels to help sort your notes. Very handy to have. Uh, but Apple's Notes, I think it was in the last update, they added a few extra features, like there's a thing where you can instantly make a checklist out of your notes if you've got those. Wow. They've got the, as I mentioned earlier, the, the drawing. But they've also added some camera stuff, too, where you can uh, tap the toolbar to see a command for scanning a document to a note, or you can also import a sketch into a note that maybe you made in some other app. Nice. Uh, lots of handy stuff there. And you just have to sort of tap around the little menu buttons at the bottom. So, so Keep and Notes are probably the two, and and I've used Google Keep on both because I've got an Android tablet, I've got you know some iOS products, got Mac, and you can also use it on the web uh, if you log into your Google account on the web, and it's great to see all of your stuff wherever you happen to be. So, nice. So that's there. But if you're not into you know I don't like Google Keep, I don't like Apple Notes. Um, a lot of people have allegiance to Microsoft OneNote. And that's been around for a while. I've used it. You know what? I'm still a notes guy. Yeah. I, I really do like the iOS notes app. Yeah. Yeah. Well, OneNote had some great, it was part of uh, Microsoft Office. And then they were saying, well, we've got like off OneNote for 2016. And then they're, they're working in a new one that sort of works really good with Windows 10. So if you ever go on a Microsoft site and look for OneNote, they have this whole, th- you know, explanation about how oh, we stopped development on OneNote 2016, but here's the new one for right, Windows 10. right, right. Still, a lot of people love it. It's very easy to organize all your notes. You can have little subsections and folders. It's very colorful. So if you're more windows inclined, maybe OneNote is your jam. Evernote's been around for a while. Mm-hmm, um, sure I think we talked about Evernote on the uh, show before. It's got note templates, a web clipper for saving pages from a browser. You can search handwritten notes uh, within Evernote. There you go. So uh, it's handy. It's got some, I think it went from being free to kind of having limited subscriptions, which a lot of people don't want to pay for, but some people do. Yeah, so some so people it's will. there. Uh, the Bear app for iOS and Mac. Uh, hmm, very yeah. elegant note. Take I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's got this beautiful profile of a bear on its icon, really? uh, but it uses like nice typography and text formatting shortcuts. So some people like Oh, the that's bear. right up your alley. Yeah, and then there's also a very basic one called Simple Note that you can get on pretty much every platform, including Linux. Mm-hmm. Not really super sophisticated, as the name Simple Note implies, exactly. but, but it's there. So, so you have all of these options here. Uh, there's also been this whole boom of uh, notebooks that sort of simulate the paper experience, yet you can digitize yeah, yeah, them very yeah, easily. Yeah, I've seen some of those, yeah. Uh, the Rocket Book is one mm-hmm. where it's sort of these polyester pages, and you have to use a, a particular type of pen, right. but you can fill up this notebook, use the app to take pictures of it, send pictures of those pages to the cloud, and then wipe down your pages and use it over again so you yep. never really run out of, of paper. Moleskine, the notebook maker, has a smart writing system. A little pricey. It's around 200 bucks, but yeah, no. uh, it uses a traditional notebook and pen to capture your handwriting and cloud syncs everything to a tablet. There's also LifeScribe and NeoLab uh, and Wacom's smart pads and pens, you know, oh, to yeah, sort Wacom's. of digitize your stuff. Yep. So so if you're a note taker, you have many, many options to use. Um, I think for a lot of people, though, once you, you know, sort of Google Keep or iOS Notes, you find the features that you like. Once I started dabbling around and then when Apple did that last upgrade, I was like, I'm actually using Notes more. And I like it also better than the Reminders app, which to oh, me yeah. is still a little clunky. It is very clunky. It drives me crazy because, you know, I try to set up reminders on a weekly basis or a biweekly basis. 
and it just gets all fuckocted. I yeah. I don't even, you know. It just reminds you about stuff you don't care about yeah, at exactly. the wrong time of day. It's like, all right, well, wrong day. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, maybe it's just me. I haven't played around with it much, but yeah. there has to be a simpler and easier way. Yeah, and no, you get in the habit of just going into it and yes. because you can search and you can find things. That's exactly what I do. It's, it's just very handy to have. I'm so. producing a show and uh, people see me in the studio and I'm furiously typing on my phone and they figure, well, isn't this guy paying attention? It's like, no, I'm taking my notes on my notepad. Yeah. It drives me crazy when people are going crazy on a laptop, mm-hmm. you know, clack, 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 clack. Yeah. I can't even hear what the heck's going on. Yeah. So, you know what? I do it on my phone. And you can turn off the little tippy tap sound Absolutely. and you you're typing and they can't tell. They can't tell. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. They yes. cannot tell. So, uh, so if anyone out there is interested in uh, a little more of the features of your notes app, or you want to read about the more uh, expensive fake notebook type thing, yes, um, we'll have we'll have a little link to a post uh, on our show page again. That's at potticjam.com. And that brings us to the end of another one. Yes, the end of another one. We do have an announcement to make. We're yes. going to be now. It's my turn. To vacate the premises for two weeks. Yes, you have so, things to do things in the to relaxation do. sphere. Absolutely. So we'll be back probably by the end of August, if not early September. But like we said, we want to squeeze in a couple of episodes before we headed out again. And then September, lots going on. And yeah. as you all know, all the way through Christmas. Yes, everyone will have their new smartphone out. Oh, yes, everyone's going to have stuff. And maybe with all this money they're putting into R&D, there'll be things we haven't thought of coming I out I hope yet. so. That would be lovely. That would yeah. be lovely. And I, want to that, be, I want to be surprised again. I do. I want to be wowed again. That's yeah. all I want. I just want to go, wow. Yeah. But, you know, alas. Anyway, we got to thank the bros. Thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. If you think it, they will build it. Yes, and thank you, listeners. I know we've been a little hit or miss uh, the past few weeks, yeah. uh, and we're, we're going to be missed, uh, missing for a couple more. But we got a lot of thank yous about our 10-year uh, anniversary. Oh, yes. That was very nice of people. Very sweet. Yes, thank, thank you, you people. Um, yeah, so I hope everyone is having a an excellent late August vacation, uh, chilling yes. out. Yes, indeed. Taking it easy while you can. That's my plan. Yes, so uh, until next time, uh, when we're back in a few weeks, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Let's go play some video games. Yes. Headshot! <laughs> <laughs>